Hello and welcome to another episode of Interview with a Schizophrenic. I'm your host, Duncan Tamrasinger, and today I have the great pleasure of having Eric from New Orleans in Louisiana. Um, he's 37 years old um, and he's got a schizophrenic schizophrenia diagnosis, I, I believe. So hey, welcome to the show, Eric. How, how are you doing? Thank you. Hi, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Um, yeah, not too bad. It's a, it's a Friday, you know, that's always a good day. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah. I like Fridays. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Fridays is, uh, yeah. Okay. So, what I want to ask you, Eric, is um, if you'd like to tell us um, how your mental health journey began, um, how what were your first symptoms? Um, did you, what was your, how were you diagnosed? How did you get into the mental health system? Um, did you go to hospital? Um, you know, what, if you could tell us about that, that would be really great. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, my symptoms started off as, uh, when I was a kid, actually, I used to see things, um, more visually hallucinations and auditory when I was a kid. But, um, I, uh, I used to see really horrific things like I thought were ghosts maybe, you know, and, um, it started off when I was about maybe seven or eight years old and I didn't know what to think of it. And I didn't really talk about it that much because I didn't know what was going on. And, uh, then as I got older, um, hurricane Katrina hit new Orleans And I was living here at the time, you know, when it hit, I was here and I was impacted. Uh, I ended up evacuating and getting out and everything, but I got stuck in a part that flooded and it wasn't as bad as it could have been, but that kind of added some post-traumatic stress. And after that event, um, the hallucinations and the, the voices and everything were like intensified times a thousand. Okay. So what, um, so that that's pretty scary, man. So when you were a young kid, you saw you saw you had visual hallucinations. Oh yeah. Wow. Creepy things, very creepy things. <laughs> so how did you deal with that at the time? Did, what about um? Did you um? I mean, how did, did you tell your parents about it? I told them what I saw, and I don't really know if like how like what their take on it was. I think maybe they thought I was like. Uh, having like a, a bad dream or something, or maybe it was just because I watched a lot of scary movies. I'm not sure, but, um, a lot of, you know, they, they didn't really know how to take it. I don't think. So when you look back now, do you get a bet? I mean, I, you know, because people do say they seem ghosts. I mean, how do you know it was not a ghost, you know, as we could say, and it was a, it was a hallucination. How did how, how how did you know that? Um. Well, because as I got into my twenties, I went to a doctor and I told them how I was seeing and hearing things, and I got put on a Bilify. And uh, when I'm on my medication, it stops like okay. everything, pretty much. But when I take it, sometimes it still happens. So I kind of wonder about that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean. You know, the medication, it only does so much, you know? Yeah. 
And I'm a paranoid schizophrenic, so I get really, I get these delusions of people trying to kill me all the time, and I get paranoid about a lot of things. Like, I'm afraid of the dark. Um, I'm afraid of, not really necessarily the dark, I'm afraid of what could be in the dark. <laughs> um, when I wake up in the middle of the night, throughout the night, I actually hear a, a whole bunch of voices, and I can't make out male or female but it's a like a like a whirlwind of voices and sometimes it's really loud and sometimes it's just kind of normal volume like i'm talking now but it's just it's intense sometimes and i just want it to you know go away because i'm trying to sleep <laughs> you know eric um do you get a chance to talk about your voices i mean do you have a partner you can talk about or do you talk to other your friends do you get a chance to talk about it uh no not really much <laughs> I thought so because yeah. I, I I also have voices and and I just and it's like a major part of my life. Yeah, and I I can't talk about it. It's just ridiculous, you know. It is and, because and, yeah, it's like you don't want to frighten people and you don't want yeah. them to see you in a different light. But at the same time, it's something that you know you deal with and you deal with like twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, yeah. and it's, it's nonstop. It's like I you know it's like a part of my identity and, and yours is a part of your identity you know it's a part of who we are you know so i i think it you know it's, yeah i just I, because it's part of the normal human experience right because schizophrenia is is been around for you know quite a few i think it was um i think the quote they coined a phrase i don't know 100 years ago or something but um it's a part of the normal human experience isn't it it's it's out there it's in the extremes yeah it is do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So, definitely. so we, we should we should be able to talk about it. I think, you know. Yeah, um, I believe that like the stigma of schizophrenia though is like everybody, especially in movies, the way they portray, you know, every serial killer is a schizophrenic. His dog is talking yeah. to him, telling him to murder people, and stuff <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. automatically, people who are schizophrenic or serial killers, all of us are, and we're evil and we're bad people. And it's like, yeah. oh. Yeah, that, that yeah. is, it's like um in the news, if there's like a, like some crazy guy kills his husband, his wife and his and his kids to go, and yeah, and he had a diagnosis of paranoid schizophrenia. And that's like a major factor in yeah. the news story. You know, it's like, a, it's like, okay, yeah, schizophrenia, so that's why he did it. Well, it's, yeah. no, that's, you know, that's not, he was morally he had he had some serious issues with his moral compass. Definitely, you know? I think um, it's because there's the, most schizophrenics are just you know like I think in America there's like uh, there's like um, two million or something schizophrenics in America or something like that. There's a hell of a lot. Yeah, there you know, is. It's, it's it's more than a million. I, yeah. I think your pop your population's like a hundred and hundred and sixty million or something. <laughs> no, but I'm not even sure. <laughs> it's something like that. Yeah. Or 180, 180 million, maybe. And yeah. It's 1% of the population. Yeah. So, so there's pretty much more than a million schizophrenics uh, in America. So most of them are just behaving themselves. They're not getting in trouble, you know? So. Yeah. And then you've got the people who are undiagnosed, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. There, there is. I think there's a hell of a lot of people who've got undiagnosed mental illness. Oh yeah, and then and then some of them with schizophrenia as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So let me um, 
what I also want to ask you, have you had any psychotic delusions? Oh, yes. All the time. Actually, almost every day. Okay, because those can be quite scary. I mean, how do you feel when you're... Okay, so what about a psychotic break? How, how do you feel when when you lose touch with reality and you're in the midst of sort of psychosis? How does that feel for you? It feels like... Um... Well, I'm a claustrophobic person too, and it feels like I'm in a like I'm in a room, and the walls are closing in on me, and I'm starting to not be able to breathe, and then, like, I actually start to sweat, and I feel like I could pass out and you know just faint, and uh, my heart starts racing because it, it becomes completely physical at that point, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's very scary. It's horrifying. I have actually gone into my room before and like barricaded myself in my room by putting my dresser in front of my door because my door doesn't lock because i was just so terrified of just my delusions and um i laid in bed and i was just like you know praying i was like god help me god help me god help me and like just asking for any type of help really to relieve what was going on and then eventually it passes but it's at the time it's so real and it's so vivid i just i don't know how to handle it most of the time yeah, it can be very scary. Yeah. Um, that definitely, you know, my experience is the same as you, is that it's terrifying. Um, it can be absolutely terrifying. And and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's not a nice experience at all. Yeah. Um, can I just ask, you mentioned God. Have you had any sort of, um, have you found any spirituality or religion to help you? um you know do it with with your symptoms i mean have have you turned to that sort of side uh, of life not at all actually no um i believe in god but uh i was raised a pentecostal and i got out of the church and you know i i still i guess i believe in god but i'm not a very spiritual person but when things get mm. really bad for me i'm one of those types of people who start asking god for help yeah yeah because you know that i exactly because when i um, have been terrified. I will ask you. Know, you, you know, you ask for the highest authority. Yes. You know, like you don't want any middleman no. dealing with it. You want you want God to you know to sort it out. Yeah, um, and I'm hoping He's real and that He's hearing me because I'm usually whenever I do that, um, it, it kind of simmers down a little bit and it kind of is eased. And I don't know if it's just because I'm in a way sort of praying and talking to God, or if it just kind of happens that way. You know, I I can't really tell mm-hmm. most of the time. Okay, cool. So, um, so tell me, do you work, Eric? I actually don't work. I haven't worked in about twenty years. Okay, okay. So you're on uh, disability benefits, and well, I love that question that you asked me. That I'm actually going through that right now with uh, Social Security, trying to get my disability. I got a letter in the mail saying that I'm eligible, and I'm just waiting on more paperwork. So it's going to go through for me after twenty something years, finally. Wow, because um, you know, in the UK, I've heard, I've, you know, I've spoken to a few Americans about it, and it's a slightly different process. I've heard that people get lawyers in America to get them their social security benefits. Um, you know, they, you know, they will hire a lawyer so they can get so they can win their case. Um, and in the Britain, in the, in the UK, it's quite a big thing because obviously a lot of people with schizophrenia are on benefits. I mean, I spent a long time on benefits, and and it's quite stressful 
um, experience because you've got to, essentially you've got to prove that you're that you're ill and you're and you're not well enough to work. And it's quite and you know that's kind of what they 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 test you on. And yeah. it's quite a can be quite a stressful uh, thing to go through. Oh yeah. Okay, fine. Um, what I will ask, what about, um, so tell me, I want to know more about, you know, life as a schizophrenic, you know, it's not easy. And, um, so tell me, how did your, when you were first, when you, you had, when you, you said at the age of 20, you got a prescribed Bilify. So I guess that was your first med. How did your, your friends react? Um, um I actually didn't tell any of my friends. I'll, um. I didn't tell really anybody except for, you know, my family because I was afraid of how people would react. Um, but, uh, you know, being... They must have a, found out eventually. Well, they, I, out I, they did, and I ended up losing all of my friends because of it. Yeah, I have no friends now, really. You know, I think you can... It's worth trying to reconnect because as you get older, people do change. But, yeah, I mean... I, I, you know, for, like for me, I've got a weird one is where I have a persona which is normal, which I have to be when I'm with friends. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, I am a, I am a loner. I mean, to be honest, I am, I am quite a loner, but where, if I am with friends, I will act. I don't, I don't talk about my illness. Yeah. It's kind of like as if it, it's, it's, if it doesn't exist sort of thing. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, so it's like, but when I'm by myself, you know, I'm looking at mental health forums and stuff, and I'm exploring that side of my life because it's such a major part of my life. But obviously, with regular folk, I don't think they can handle it. They don't. They don't seem to want to handle it. So, like you, you kind of agree with me. You just kind of you display a, a persona which is normal, I guess. Yeah, I do. Like, I kind of, I kind of show people what they want to see, basically. You know. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Okay, fine. Um, let me ask you. So, you, how did your family react? Were your family, you know, a lot more supportive? Oh, they were very supportive. They're very, very supportive. Um, my mom, she's great. You know, I can talk to her about my episodes and stuff and what I see yeah. and everything now and. You know, my sister's been a big help, and you know they're really understanding. So that that helps out a lot. Yeah, family is definitely. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of people say that family are very supportive, and I think that's a great thing um, because we need we need a support network of some sort, and I mean, usually most most parents are usually pretty good. Yeah, um, and I live. Yeah, so it's, yeah, I live at home with my family because back in 2017, um, I was actually married for eight years to my husband. Oh, wow. Yeah, and my husband, okay, cool. yeah, he passed away in 2017, and I kind of lost my mind a little bit more. <laughs> okay. So I moved back with my family. Okay, fine. I'm so, sorry to hear that, man. Thank you. Was he was he older than you? Was it was it a was it an a um. A sort of like a, a heartbreaking illness. Uh, a drug overdose. Okay, fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay, let me ask you then. What do you believe um, schizophrenia is? 
Um, I wish I knew. <laughs> I really do because my family, it runs in my family on my mom's side, apparently. Uh, my grandfather had it, my mom's dad. Um, his grandfather had it, and it's like, I, I, it seems to have passed down, but at the same time, I question, I don't believe, I don't, I'm not sure if I believe in ghosts and stuff like that, but once it comes, it always comes back to that for me, because there are certain things that happen, and then I can see and hear that maybe my mom or my sister will see your experience too, you know what I mean? So you, it might be the case that something which you're experiencing might be real. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of creeps me out on an even bigger level. (laughs) Well, it would do. Yeah. Given what you've told me about what you've been seeing and stuff. I mean, I think, I think it is kind of scary, but um, I mean, you know, the way I see it, it's like a, it's part of human experience, but it's an extreme part, you know? So, well, I feel like maybe like we were as schizophrenics chosen to see and hear things that we do see and hear. Yeah, but I, mean, I was gonna say something like that, but yeah, I'm, because what one percent of the population has to do it, so yep, it just so happens that we're we're doing it this generation. Yeah, um, it's hard to maintain relationships, definitely big time too with this. Like it's so tough. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like I say, I I spend most of my time um, alone, really, and you know, it's just it's difficult. Like like we're talking about, it's difficult to make to be your genuine self. Yeah, it it's is hard. It's really hard. It I is think, to, to to know who that that person really is, and um, you need you need to have that time. Where you can just be okay, yeah. I'm, I want to talk about my symptoms. I want to, I want to talk about what I'm going through, um, because it, otherwise, otherwise, you know, it, it'd be unbearable. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you. Okay, let me ask you, Eric. Have you experienced um, any stigma or discrimination? Um, only by friends I used to have. Yeah, you felt they let you down. Yeah, like, I think that they became, like, to the point to where they felt like I was being, uh, well, like we say here in America, I was being too much. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, they would tell me to talk to them about it, and I would talk to them about it, and then they would go behind my back and talk to each other about me, you know, calling me a freak and a weirdo and stuff like that. And, oh, I have something, you know, seriously wrong with me and I have issues and stuff like that. And it got back to me and I was just like, okay, that's not a friend. A friend doesn't do that. You know, um, yeah, I, I think I think people think I'm fake. I think that's what the thing is with me. I, I think they just don't believe me or something. That's how I feel. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just... It's just kind of I don't know, but um, and he, and even when I mean I remember I once had some problems with the police and I said yeah you know I've got a schizophrenia diagnosis and they're like so, but that's quite you know it's quite a a big thing in someone's life isn't it yeah it does it can you know it can affect how you're how you how are you um um what's the word interacting with the world you know because definitely part of it okay let me see um 
how do you feel? I kind of know what you're going to say, but how do you feel like the general public understand schizophrenia? I mean, what what, what are your feelings on that? Um, like how they interpret it. Yeah. So like a like a just like just like say say um just if say you got on a taxi and the taxi driver said. So man, uh, how's your day going, oh, man? Just terrible symptoms with skits. Uh, how would, do you know what I mean? I'd say how how would he, how would somebody like that perceive just a general person? <laughs> oh, I think that they would really be freaked out and probably like kick me out of a taxi. <laughs> yeah. But it's not, you know, it's not right. I think you know, I think we we like me and you and everybody else skits when we've got a genuine condition, um, and I think it's important to for people to understand. That it's not easy. No, it's um, not. It's definitely it's not, not easy. easy. Yeah, it's not easy. It's one of the hardest things you can go through. Um, and what makes it what makes it hard is is that it's really difficult to get that support. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, that's what we- my husband when he when he was alive, I used you know I used to talk to him about my hallucinations and stuff like that and he never wanted to hear it because it really did freak him out and i understand that because it's really really kind of scary stuff sometimes you know and, scary, yeah. and i don't it's like with my like i don't yeah, sorry, I oh i'm sorry go ahead <laughs> oh no. what i was gonna say is that my brother i don't talk to him about schizophrenia mm-hmm. and you know i'm i'm uh i'm in my 40s and and we and so pretty much my whole life, I don't talk to him about my illness. You know, it's just not, it's just not in the conversation. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I could kind of understand that. Yep. Uh, and uh, one thing that I've seen a lot recently uh, is it's, I've been seeing this since 2007. It's always, uh, it looks like a woman. And she stands in the corner of any room that I'm in, facing the wall, and she's covered in, like, this gray hood with, like, this weird old dress. And she's covered in vines and leaves, and she just stands there like a piece of furniture, never talks, never turns around. But I've been seeing her since 2007. She's just, like, there all the time. That's pretty terrifying, man. Yeah. I think it's a witch, personally. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, to be honest with you, I think it's, I think it's quite rare uh, for people to have visual hallucinations. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Uh, may, like it's like you say, maybe it's more common when you're much younger, but to, into adulthood, I think it's probably quite rare. Yeah, most most I've mean. heard with people who are an adult, uh, like usually audio hallucinations more than anything. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, so, do you take nicotine? It's kind of like a schizophrenia, and nicotine is kind of go hand in hand. Oh yeah, I smoke way too much. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, fine. I think you know. I think we can wrap it up here. What I what I want to ask you, Eric. Okay, actually, one last question. Okay. Um, is is there anything you would like to say which I haven't asked you? Um, just on this platform, anything you would like to say? Yeah, um, I would just like to say that people who live with schizophrenia, I think, are the most condemned 
people in the world sometimes we have a huge stigma over us because of our diagnosis and it's not fair for us to live with that and not be able to talk about it to people and you know generally because the way we feel about it and everything it feels like it closes us off it isolates us and it makes it worse in my opinion you know so i just think that the stigma of it really needs to just kind of we need to try to fight that stigma and show people that we're not all these serial killer monster movie, you know, movie monsters and stuff like that. You know, we're normal people too. We just have happen to have this. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I think it's hard enough to cope with the, the distinct symptoms themselves without having to cope with the ostracization and discrimination from society, which can be changed through awareness and education and shouldn't be there in a modern society. Um, you know, okay, you know, we've got we've got to deal with the the hallucinations and the delusions and all that. But just there's nothing wrong with like being kind to a schizophrenic person. I think it's you know, it should be happening these days. No. My message is if you see a schizophrenic person, give him a hug. <laughs> exactly. 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 Okay, um, Eric. Um, is there any particular genre of music that you prefer? Um, because what I'll do, I'll, I'll tag it on to the end of the show. Oh, yeah. I love, um, well, I love kind of like that screaming metal music. There's this artist named Poppy that I like. <laughs> I don't okay, know if you've cool. heard of her. No, I haven't. Um, I will try and find something of that ilk and okay. put that on the end. And that, so, absolutely been a pleasure to speak with you, Eric. Um, you know, um, I completely agree with your message out there about, about schizophrenia and the stigma. I think it's so important and we've got to keep fighting and to get a message across and just, um, yeah, it's just so important. Yeah, very so much. Thank you, thank you very much for speaking to me today. Thank you for interviewing me. My pleasure.
standing by your side With my heart on high and dry How do I taste to make you Thank you.